under the great Adabraka sky. 60 minutes of technology conversation coming up. You're welcome to City Trends. My name is Philip Ashon, and on the show today, we try to understand the principles and idea behind failing first, and but then failing fast, and how technology entrepreneurs can learn from their mistakes and build viable solutions for their communities. Our guest in the studio is Ashwin Ravi Chandran, and he's a managing director of MEST. He will be joining us for this awesome conversation. It's going to be really, really interesting. Remember, you can get in touch with us on the WhatsApp number 54 986 The number once again is 54 That's our WhatsApp number. Do get in touch with us. Let us know what your thoughts are. But remember, you can also reach us on Twitter using the hashtag CityTrend so we can easily find your messages and read them out too. Um, you know, the world, anybody who wants to um, prefer a solution to your issue. But remember, we have quite a number of things to talk about on the show as well. Today, we have the trending segment. We have the how-to segment. We have the your device segment as well. So it's really, really packed um, today on the show. So make sure you stay tuned in. <music> Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. Hello and welcome to the How to Segment on City Trends. This evening, we are looking at some things you should consider when getting a wireless mouse. The mouse is one of the most important pieces of hardware you would use with your computer. Getting another mouse can help you work faster and also help prevent wrist injury. So what sort of things should you consider when getting that new mouse? First, make sure you choose a mouse that fits your purpose, whether it's a gaming mouse or a travel mouse. You should also consider the ergonomics, that is, the shape of the mouse and how it fits into your hand. A mouse that fits well into your hand will help you prevent wrist injury. Finally, decide between a mouse that uses radio frequency and one that uses Bluetooth connection. The one that uses radio frequency is easier to set up and may be slightly more responsive, but the dongle is almost always impossible to replace when you lose it. However, the Bluetooth connection will save you a USB port and the battery can run for up to a year.
Has your computer developed a problem you don't understand? Is your phone refusing to respond? Is there a computer virus you're battling with? Are you having problems signing into your account? Share your tech problems with City Trends and we will get the experts to help you solve them. Send us your problems via WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. You can also send us a tweet using the hashtag CityTrends. My guest today joined MEST in 2015 as a technology teaching fellow and has since served as the incubator manager for MEST Accra. He has a background in computer science and engineering and previous experience working in the innovation team at Honeywell and building startups in India. Ashwin is currently the managing director of MEST. He's basically gone through the mill over at MEST and risen all the way to the role of managing director. He has quite um, a few gems of wisdom to share with us on the show today and um, some real talk as well. He doesn't shy away from that at all if you know him. Ashwin, you're welcome to the studio. Thank you, Philip. I think that was a really warm introduction. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. We've we've been trying to have this conversation for quite a while. I'm really glad we could pull it off yeah, this time. I think over a year now, but I think you finally managed to drag yes, me down. We, 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 we've done that. Anyway, so for me, for those who have no idea what MEST is, where MEST is currently, yeah. what you guys offer, um, can you just give us a quick rundown before we get yeah. into the topic? So MEST is actually the abbreviation for, an, uh, for uh, the term Meltwater Entrepreneurial School of Technology. Mm. It was founded in 2008 uh, and Ghana was chosen out of all the African countries for this entrepreneurship venture mm -hmm. by Jon Lysigen, who is the CEO of Meltwater. Uh, Meltwater is currently um, a very, very large 2,000 employee company in San Francisco and across the world. Uh, he came to Africa, wanted to start a school in Africa and started this in Ghana. Mm. Uh, in 2011, we made our first investment into Ghana by actually investing in the, one of the first technology gaming companies called Letty Arts. Mm. Post that, we've invested in a bunch of different programs and a bunch of different companies across, including Mikasa, Toto Tractor, Complete Farmer. Uh, all these are companies of ours which are doing really well and including the new gems which are uh, Codelin, Trucker, uh, we're talking about Jumani as well. Mm. The interesting thing about Mest is we take care of the we take care of the entire value chain of the entrepreneur from finding them to actually nurturing them with our one year training program in business comms and technology, and then actually giving them a chance to actually simulate a startup for about three months, mm. and then they pitch that startup to a live investment board to seek active seed funding. Mm. Last year we funded close to about seven hundred thousand dollars worth investments into three different markets, which is Ghana, Nigeria, and Kenya. Okay. Uh, now Mast operates in five markets with our incubator presence, which is we let our companies go run their businesses there in those company in those countries. But the school lies here because Ghana has a high respect for education. Ghana is one of the safest places in Africa, and for us, it really matters that our students enjoy the ambience and culture of Ghana as well. So, so with the topic that we are going to discuss today, failing first, failing fast, is is, is considering your years with, sure. with mess. Is that where 
you gather this sort of philosophy from? Sure. Um, actually, I think Mesto is one of the places where I think the philosophy was confirmed. Mm. Uh, I've run startups of mine in the past. Um, I have two startups to completely say that they're really responsible for my success and two startups that actually I failed uh, okay. with other co-founders as well. So it's like, it's a very integral part of an entrepreneur's life. Mm. It's a very integral part of any person who wants to critically solve someone else's problem. Right. Sometimes often their own problem, but mm. I think most entrepreneurs are more empathetic when they try to solve other people's problems. Right. Uh, but in that way also, I think failure is a very critical angle. Mm. I think um, Yoda, who's from Star Wars, said the same thing, mm. which is the greatest teacher of, of all is failure, mm. right? And I think from that angle, uh, working at MEST, we've seen so many businesses rise and fall. We've seen MEST as well go through a lot of changes as well, right? From like adopting whether we're actually a venture capital fund to actually seeing what we really want to be and mm. all those things as well. I think we've learned that if we want to do it really far, we want to do it really, really well, we need to fail first and then mm. we need to fail fast. What, well. what does that mean though? Failing okay. first and failing fast. So I think like when you come to actually solving problems, right? I think uniquely right now, everyone in Ghana or actually any anyone on the African continent is trying to solve problems but what usually happens is some of these problems are actually unique uh, often the solution does not work in the first go mm. right so fail, failing first basically means that you are quickly designing a solution or quickly designing let's say a prototype mm. to understand um, there's a very famous in, uh, startup accelerator called Y Combinator across the world. Most technology geeks like love to go there, right? Um, Michael Sabal, who's the CEO of Y Combinator, said this. In the past, when we had problems, we would design solutions. And then if the solution didn't work, we would throw the solutions away. Mm -hmm. Now what people are doing is we, we find problems. Uh, we design solutions. When the solutions don't work, we throw the problem away. And then we try to find a problem where the solution <laughs> will hack it, right? right? But instead of that now, what people are trying to say is, instead of spending so much time looking at the solution, what is the quickest value you can provide to your customer? Or mm. what is the quickest value you can provide to yourself mm. using that business and using that problem? And if it doesn't work, you're failing first. <laughs> mm. And mm. if you go in that analogy, you're failing first because you're failing fast. Right. So in that way, I think like that's become like pretty much like a big mantra of mine is like, you go in, you go into a pretty big angle, you understand what is going to happen, and you will fail first. And whether you decide to fail fast or slow, that's up to you. Mm. Like, Any, I mean, what's the advantage really of? The advantage is you spend lesser time actually in resources. You spend lesser time in actually money. <laughs> mm. But the bigger thing is you spend lesser time. Mm. And at the end of the day, we all know that time is the most important commodity in the world. Mm. It cannot be brought back. Mm. I think everyone here in this room also agrees with that. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like the simple thing is when you've wasted a minute, you cannot compare that to any amount of cash you actually have right, right now. Right. right. So in that way, it's about understanding that you need to run first. Mm. It's about understanding that you need to be ahead of the curve. You need right. to be ahead of time. Mm. And then you fail fast so that you actually save time when you actually just take the solution to market. That's a, that's a lot of things that you can't you can't put your hands on. You sure. can't put your fingers on. But then you also yeah. have to be probably ahead of your time almost yeah. to be able to yeah. figure out where the portals are yeah. that you need yeah. to jump. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure how many technology startups and, and young people or older yeah. people who are trying yeah. to start up a business necessarily have yeah. those sort of qualities to be able to see those. No, and I don't expect them to as well, right? right? Like, I think we're all human. Like, I haven't gotten here without actually telling you that, oh, I didn't fail at all. Right. And if I did say that, you, you could probably slap me. Like, <laughs> but it's more interestingly, the simple thing that when you come across all these issues, you need to learn. Like, at the end of the day, I think 
information is not the same as knowledge mm. information is actionable knowledge is actually not actionable mm. knowledge is more transferable mutable you take it for the context which is present in right so it's actually about like understanding what the knowledge cycle over here is versus what the learning cycle is mm. and i don't expect people to know that first right mm. probably the first time you fail it's going to take you 6 months probably the second mm. time you fail it's going to take you 3 months probably the third time you fail it's going to probably take you 10 months uh, 10 days and it will become slower but it only comes with practice mm. as you want to practice success you also need to practice failure mm. like in the i get up in the morning thinking at 7 am that everything is going to go downhill today <laughs> like it is literally it is literally my biggest fear every morning when i get up but right. i still want to go to work because mm. i'm realizing that there's something i can learn today right. there's something there's a knowledge which i will probably pass on to my team we're we're a big 45 member team right now mm. in Ghana operating this massive organization across Africa mm. and respect to each one of my team members for that right mm. but we all learn, we all know that failure is a very integral part and if you fail and you hit yourself against the wall get back up and go again but next time when you try to hit the wall don't hit the wall completely mm. hey probably hit it with your hand mm. so in those ways it's about you need recursive you need to keep learning and keep learning and keep learning and but in that did, way did, did you have what it takes to be able to rise every single time i mean apart sure, from sure. apart from you having the will power sure, sure. to be able to do that you yeah. need to keep the lights on for yeah, example yeah, yeah, yeah. and nobody's going to keep throwing money at you if you again yeah. you know so how how do you resolve that particular yeah. part of the equation so i think first you need to probably like distinguish it right like you need to first understand that i don't look at both of them as mutually exclusive events right. i look at them as mutually inclusive events so like i think they're very integrated together mm. right The reason why you need to also like understand risk is because risk is actually measurable. Like mm. you can actually now have a formula for risk. Mm. People mitigate risk now with quantified numbers and there's algorithms which actually people use, right? But it's more about actually as an entrepreneur when you actually get into a service line, right? The most important thing to you at the end of the day is your customer. Mm. If the customer realizes that you're failing too, right? Then what the customer will do is either a loyal customer who you're providing actual value to would stick on the platform give you feedback. Mm. that's literally how you design a really really good product and that's literally why you keep your first 100 customers to you very very closely mm. but if you have a loose relationship with your and you're doing this just for the sake of like okay failure is fine and you're not learning from the failure mm. failure is cool i'm hipster <laughs> like that then you're going to basically go down a very dangerous slope where you worry about how the lights are going to be on mm. <laughs> because mm. any entrepreneur software entrepreneur in the world will tell you the first 150 customers you have who are paying your monthly subscription bills on time and not delaying those payments mm. see value in your product right. you need to find who those people are you right. need to go sell to them often what happens is people usually go and try to sell things to people who don't want it mm. and then that way they're flimsy customers you spend more on customer retention you spend more on customer engagement than actually on customer acquisition yeah. which is a great thing but then is it actually acquiring you new customers no it's not mm. so in mm. that way like failure first fail, uh, i think fail first fail, uh, i think fail fast comes with the context of the customer mm. and comes in the context of the market mm. that's interesting well this is you're still tuned in to city trends on 97.3 city fm we're having a very very interesting conversation with um, the md of mest ashwin ravichandran and we're talking about fail first fail fast he's explained the general concept behind it and we're trying to explore some other thinkings behind behind that now one of the most critical things within a technology company any company for that matter yeah. is the sort of culture yeah. that sort of is embedded in the dna yeah. of of that company now how do you drill home some of the the senior learnings from 
those points that you failed while you are building up the yeah. company to ensure that everybody within yeah. you know the, the institution understands that these are faces and yeah. we need to build on from there. Yeah. Because not it's not everybody who can yeah. have you know the qualities that you know the leader has. Yeah. And like I, and I'll tell you this, I think till I actually got into the MD position, I don't think I had great culture to own my team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure all my team is laughing somewhere right now about this. But it's actually like I think like when you start, I think like feeling that you're an integral part of the organization and like I pretty much tell this to each of my team members is also like at every given level everyone's really impossible like really really impossible to miss right mm. so for example right now the other day we were just talking about this is what happens if our kitchen staff our support staff just take the day off mm. our entire school will be in chaos our entire incubator will be in chaos and we won't even know what's hitting us because we'll just be in pure <laughs> chaos right. But it's always that you see that the top and usually the support layer structure of a pyramid in an organization actually understand culture. They understand culture really, really well. Mm. The people in the middle now, the ones you actually need to work with, are actually the ones who can actually who actually provide the balance for culture. Mm. Like there's ups and downs, there's positives and negatives, there is additional culture, there's removal of culture, there's a different bunch of things happening, right? So uh, at the end of the day, what we really, really want to see and what we really, really want to go is we really want to see how, at the end of the day, the culture can integrate with everyone, and that means that leader needs to see everyone horizontally. There's no top-down when you're growing, growing an organization. There is uh, flat layers, and there's layered for pr pretty much understanding, I think, how the message passes through and how decisions are formed. Mm. But culture is a very flat thing. You mm. either have it or you don't have it. Yeah. And if you don't have it, you try to learn. Mm. And if the organization sees that you're trying to learn, fantastic, you're in. We love it. Because that's the pretty biggest thing of what culture is trying. Mm. At must we embody three, three cultural traits. Generosity, positivity, and standards. Right. Three very, very concrete things, right? And I can comfortably tell you this. I think pretty much everyone in our organization is super generous with their time, super generous with their, I think, with their efforts to people, super positive all the time because we know we're trying to do something in a market which is completely unique. Right. But we also have, all of us have standards. Like, we all make sure that everyone's on the same level. We want to make sure everyone's happy. No two people are treated differently. Like, everyone's treated the same way with the same standard. Incredible. So, so in that way, I think culture is pretty... Yeah, for the lack of a better word, binary. It's <laughs> Kingston sends a message. Cockroach startups, as theorized by Paul Graham, kind of goes opposite to this mindset of failing fast. How does a startup reconcile this idea of remaining along or remaining around long enough yeah. to grow and possibly scale versus failing fast? Yeah. Shout out to Paul, Gra uh, Paul Graham. I think when he said that quote, it was probably 2001, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think that also refers to that we're right now in 2019, mm. 18 years apart. Mm. I think the ecosystem has changed. And like right. I think um, I truly respect Kingston for what he's trying. But often, I think emerging markets don't have time for cockroaches. You either need to rise really, really fast, or you need to actually be at the bottom in a way that you're just keeping above the top. Uh, the cockroach layer, as what Paul Graham spoke about, is basically trying to collect the different crumbs along the way and then collecting them all together, surviving the nuclear blast, and then rising, right? right? But in that way, I don't think in Ghana's volatile economy, the <laughs> we all know what happens to the forex. We all know what are the different banks and financial institutions closing down. It's very hard to do that here. Mm. And, like, infrastructure is so expensive. Like, I feel bad for entrepreneurs here who want to set up offices. It costs you, like, close to about 900 
to like thousand cities to easily get an office space for starters and then you need to feed your people because that's the culture here yeah. then you need to get internet you need to get lights then you need to basically get so many different things on the platform before you even start before you even start the business <laughs> so like you're talking about a down investment of like an easy <laughs> three thousand four thousand dollars yeah. like twenty thousand cities mm. like, so, it's mind-blowing like, yeah. right and now you think about the number of customers you need to hire or the customers you need to actually hit to basically get 20,000. Hmm. Would I rather spend time just getting 50 customers or 100 customers who pay me the 20,000 or would I spend time actually investing in such a way that I can get 1,000 customers and then have a few of them drop off? Hmm. I would hmm. do the latter. Hmm. So the cockroach theory really doesn't apply here. Hmm. But hmm. yeah, but it's always, I think it's debatable. I think there are a few startups here which have cockroached out. I think if I say a few of those names, I'll get probably punched tomorrow. But. <laughs> well, let's not let us not get into that. Now, the, he 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 adds on and says the percentage of African founders versus European founders running startups or companies in Africa is really low. For those who are able to access um, venture capitalist sure. cash over a million dollars, sure. he asks, what accounts for this, and how do we change investor perception sure. about sure. the continent? Again, I think that's a very mis mis misconstrued fact, mm. right? See, when you when people think tech, startups now, they only think tech. That's a lie for us. There's manufacturing, there's agriculture, there's health. There's so many different startups. And all the spectrum of it, everyone just focuses on tech because it's the most communicable to the world out there. So yeah. everyone goes digital right now. So everyone's talking about digital startups, right? <laughs> but also like... It's, you, it's, and when you say that, it reminds me of the debate on Twitter this week about WeWorks and yeah. whether WeWorks is a technology company or not. No, exactly, right? <laughs> right? So And also like you need to distinguish that I don't think we can ever say the word African when it comes to this segment because East Africa, very different to South Africa, very different to North Africa, very different to West Africa. I think my question, my reply will be more catered towards West Africa because I've spent majority of my time here. I've worked across Ivory Coast, I've worked across Ghana, I've worked across Nigeria. Hmm. That's actually, that fact does not actually apply to this part of the continent. Hmm. In this hmm. part of the continent, most founders are African hmm. or are choosing to imbibe themselves in the African culture. Hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest deviances from tech is the fact that the tech education in this market is weak. Okay, hmm. no offense to the universities here, but they're still teaching Java to our kids. They're still teaching redundant technologies, which makes no one happy, mm. right? They should be teaching more prototyping. They should be teaching actually JavaScript. They should be going into like designing and using like different products and prototypes to actually create great, great companies and leaders, right? But they're not. They're still sticking to their archaic education system. And that's why organizations like MESS thrive, mm. right? Because people want to come to us as a filter to bridge the gap in knowledge. I'm telling you this, if we invest more in the education, which I think our new president is actually promising, um, it'll be really, 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 really critical. You will see that only because they have more knowledge than people here, they actually succeed. Mm. But at the end of the day, only a Ghanaian national will create a business which will actually take over Ghana mm. versus someone who's planned to just dig in deeper and go vertical. Right. As MAST, we only invest in African founders. Mm. We have no, no expats or no Westerners on our board at all. Mm. It's all African founders and they are going to solve this mm. continent's problem first particularly West Africa and then scale across right. that's an interesting take that's a very very interesting take well more questions are coming through now as a startup as a technology startup whichever one it is what are some of the most common things yeah. that they tend to do yeah. which lead them to fail and often fail permanently Oof. oh my god 
I, 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 okay, I'm going to try to be very diplomatic on this. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know you to be too diplomatic, yeah. so yeah, we'll, we'll go with whatever we yeah. get. So, okay, can you repeat that question quickly? Though? So, my, I mean, we, we understand yeah. that, you know, everybody has that bit of space to fill. Yeah. Yeah. We get that. But from your experience with technology startups yeah. over the period, yeah. what do you think are the common things that you tend to do that makes yeah. them fail permanently? Okay. I think the first thing is, I think, massive OPEX spaces, like operational mm -hmm. expenses. Usually when you start getting comfortable, <laughs> that is what leads to your downfall. Because when you get mm -hmm. comfortable, you think everything's okay. Mm -hmm. But when you look at your bank balance, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So from that angle, if you like try to minimize your OPEX, try to figure out which co-working space you can go work out of or not spend time, not spend money on a dedicated office, you figure out where you can actually go and find shared talent versus you actually go to those things. So those things, I think, are super critical. But I think the three most fundamental parts to any business execution, I think what I was saying was more administrative. I think that's the first and most priority. The three most important things, I think one is not having a clear value proposition. So I define it as what is the minimum success of your product, right? Uh, which basically is, is what is what would you as an entrepreneur define as a minimum success when a user uses your product? Mm. So when it comes to Asoriba, which is our church management software, the simplest success for the pastor is to log on and see the number of members in his, in his church. Mm. Simple, simple. You keep doing that, you keep succeeding not able to define that like when i walk into rooms and i'll be like guys what is your minimum success what is what is your minimum product success people be like yeah we want to do that i'm like no okay no what is the minimum it has to be binary guys it has to be binary i think that's one which is super critical the second thing is not knowing your market mm. like one of the one of the most things i've loved about actually loving like living in ghana and loving Ghana, to be honest, um, <laughs> is the fact of and the usage of USSD technology, mm. right? If you look at USSD technology, it's actually a simple decision tree. It's very simple. People just use different numbers to choose the different, different uh, decisions and they basically apply, right? In the Western world, we're designing algos for it. In India, we're designing <laughs> apps and websites for it. In the Western part of the world, we're trying to like see if we can do it on touchscreen and stuff mm. like that. But in Ghana, it's done simply in a non-interaction-less -interac feature phone where you're literally attracting 30 million customers because everyone has access to USSD, right? Knowing that as like your market, I think distribution technique mm. is the most primary thing. So like if you can think of those innovative ways where you can reach your customers without even ha having to like, I don't know, invest too much besides just getting a short code, I think you're doing too. Well. Uh, you're doing well. Mm. Uh, the third thing, which I think is more around, I think, I think around the outcomes. So what usually happens around startups is a lot of them start to think a lot, which I basically call intent. There's a lot of intent in the market, mm. but how many of how many of them actually define that to be outcomes is very rare, mm. right? Like actually getting them as. I have successfully done this versus oh I tried to do a shade of this but I couldn't do it. Mm. Right? I think everyone's exploratory with their solutions. But mm. like you tell me, would you sit on a half baked chair? No, you wouldn't. Then why would you use a half baked product? Right? It's a very simple analogy. Like think of the real world, think of the digital world. It's a very simple value you can provide to people, right? Mm. And not knowing I think that bit often confuses people. Just being too exploratory and not being mm. too binary. Mm. Too exploratory. 
That's interesting. So operational cost, you said, was the number one, yeah. which was really interesting. Um, defining minimal success. Yeah. You no know, minimum success. Defining it. Yeah. Being able to just say it on top of your yeah. head, this is what we've yeah. done. Not knowing your market, understanding your reach, and then intent to outcome or yeah. being too exploratory. Just yeah. trying to do so many things yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And I think most entrepreneurs get distracted by the last one as well. Mm. I have significant examples from my portfolio where people just try to do too many things. And I encourage it. Like, I'm like, do it. But don't ever let me to come and tell you that I told you so. Right? Mm. Because in that way, because you need to encourage it as well. It's a, it's a very recursive habit again. And that applies to our topic as well. Mm. Only will you when you have intent will you actually fail. Mm. And all those things as well. So it's a very complicated, thin, fine where, where do you Where do you draw that line then? I mean, because you know that if you continue building too much, sure. you will probably lose focus. Okay. <laughs> and if you lose focus, you're yeah. most likely going to fail. Yeah. But you can't help it because you need to encourage yeah. the technology entrepreneur to continue building. Yeah. Putting it out there. It's very simple. Just putting it out there. Mm. You let the customers choose. I've made that mistake in mess last year with my own portfolio and my own founders. Mm. I designed a process. I kept thinking. I kept thinking it was unique to me, and it was it was really weird, right? But I, when I put it out there, I said, "Okay, guys, I think I screwed up." Right? Mm. Everyone's like, "Okay, we'll help you fix it." Oh, fantastic, mm. right? In those ways, it's like I can pretty much give you like examples of so many in just my life. Mm. But it's literally putting it out there, show people. There's nothing to hide about it. At the end of the day, if you want to make the billion dollars, like Amazon and Uber and, and all these things, none of them started perfect too. Mm. Mm. Right? Uber dropped every every sixth booking or seventh booking out of 100. Yeah, it's, 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 it happens. But how do you do it? Well, you need to do it. And when you put it out there, people will understand why you're failing. Or people will either say, okay, screw it, we'll come back to you later when you, big, big, when you become big. Mm. Or they'll be like, let me help you become big. Mm. And you take care of us. Mm. From your experience and from what you said earlier, it's, it's most likely in the Ghanaian market or within a Ghanaian context, when people do realize you're trying to fix a problem, yeah. they do stick around. Yeah, always. Mm. It is one of the most beautiful things about this culture. Mm. Dude, they stick around, man. And they will be around you. <laughs> like, they will be around you when you're trying to fix. Like, when you're trying... To, I, I've seen this with Trotros, by the way. I don't know whether you've seen this on the road. <laughs> yeah. When a Trotro breaks down, all 16 of them get down and push. Mm. You don't see anyone stand on the side of the road. You don't. You actually see everyone push because everyone suffers that problem together. Mm. It's a very interesting, interesting culture trait of Ghana. Like, trust me. you. I've never seen Trotros where people are just standing on the side. If there's an engine issue, yes, then people will stand on the side. But if they can push the car, they will push the car. And in Ghana, they appreciate it. Because in Ghana, they expect it to be a mutual thing. Because then they expect you to be around them when you have a problem, mm. which automatically you've done because they've already put the first foot forward. Mm. Mm. Do you think that Ghanaian technology entrepreneurs especially don't probably understand that particular trait enough? Yeah, <laughs> like they mm. don't. I'll also be honest, I think it's literally the rise and fall of every ecosystem, by the way. Mm. In India, it's happened too. Like, I worked in India in the startup space. 2010, when my family thought I was a black sheep because mm. I was rejecting a monthly salary with benefits and provident fund and whatnot. And I was like, let's go work for startups, right? Mm. But it was like, it's a rise and fall of every ecosystem. It's like, 
you basically after a point technology people start getting so i think mentally imbibed that they have reach but they actually don't mm. they get obsessed with the market numbers than actually the market itself like everyone has a great total addressable market everyone has a great sample addressable market everyone has a great direct market but how many of them are are you actually hitting very rare but then when people get humbled by the ecosystem which will happen sooner than later also in ghana i think in ghana i think the ecosystem started rising heavily around 2014 uh now we're hitting some sort of like a good like you know like ebb like we're rising heavily mm. but there is a drop off point in the middle and it's like a clink you know it's like the mercury if you look at mercury <laughs> on a on a graph there's a small clink that's going to happen in ghana too like when ghana will get humbled by the market when people start taking over and i think they are like more co- companies right now technology companies are coming out are starting to address the mass population in the rural in the unbanked in the unconnected in the last mile because that's important mm. we have only 5 million people in ghana in in accra where is the remaining 25 bolatanga mm. apowa sekundi takrade on the sides you know we still need to build solutions for those too because mm. they also have money mm. so if you need them to understand you need them to get in it's all about that you just need to put yourself yeah <laughs> It's been it's been an incredible conversation truthfully but before you take leave of us yes final words what are your final words to to our listeners about this this idea of understanding that you will fail but you need to learn very quickly from those yeah. failures in order to succeed I don't think I have any set principles for that. I think each time you fail you get injured in a different place. Sometimes mm. you get injured permanently as well. Mm. But it's about like I think at the end of the day it's about bracing yourself when you fail as well, mm. right? Like I think one of the key things we design at Mast and like I've designed in my world is there is always a contingency plan. Like if something goes wrong there is always a plan to fall back onto. If there isn't any contingency plan then you bake a dynamic plan <laughs> which braces mm. yourself like mm. There is no set rule there's no steady standard for it but at the end of the day I think if you look at it one of the easiest ways to actually get I think one of the easiest ways to avoid failure is to actually start I think accepting that you're going to fall at some time and like I just I think just knowing that will try to keep you aware I think second thing is try not to replace failure with by spending money Mm. I've seen that a lot with entrepreneurs. Like I've seen this so many times. Each time they have like a failed marketing campaign, they build a new marketing campaign where they pump 2x. Mm. And they pump 3x because but then because recovering from a brand is not an instant thing. Recovering from brand is an organic thing as well. So it's like when you fail get failed, you know, build trust slowly. It's like a relationship. <laughs> when you <laughs> fail, it's okay. <laughs> like go and explain why you failed, but It's also like about just doing it steadily, you know, like mm. doing it actually. And I think in that way you can diligently get out of it. I think the third and final piece of advice which I'll probably give to people <laughs> to avoid failure is definitely get perspectives from other people. Share, share and overshare. Mm. Because what you see is biased. You are in the soup, so you're going to definitely only see the tomato around you. But you need someone to see the croutons. You need someone to actually see the bread around you, right? And in that way, when you share a perspective, like I have a few friends I speak to on the phone any given day, any given pro- business problem I have, any professional help I need, I call my coach. It's okay to ask for help. Mm. It's okay to share. It's necessary. Else, it'll drive you insane. Mm. So.
We have a message from Roland from Tema. He says, good evening to you and your guest. Kindly ask your guest how this institution can assist a young aspiring entrepreneur like myself that has ideas to develop by struggling to find my way around. Okay. Thank you. All right. Hi, Roland from Tema. I have your message like broadcasted across my screen right now. <laughs> but uh, I think the easiest way for me to actually answer that is by giving you a link. It's called apply.meltwater.org. Uh, you go online, there's a pretty nice uh, application form you basically fill out. And if you do get through, I'll definitely see you in the interview stages. But also, if you really want to, uh, you can definitely like figure out or reach out to Toby, who is our recruitment manager. Send him an email and you can definitely show you're on campus. You can probably just make a few friends there. Those things as well. Mm, interesting. Well, your, message are all, your messages are always welcome on the show as well, so please do keep them coming through. We'll try to get you as many answers as possible from Ashwin um, before the show is over. The WhatsApp number is 0549-986-996, and you can reach us also using the hashtag CityTrends. Ashwin, it's been great having you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. This, was, this was amazing. I can't wait for another year before we can have another oh, conversation. No. That's too long. <laughs> Okay, so we are getting into the trending segment of the show. Now we'll bring you the app segment a little later. We have a very interesting app um, for you today. But Mr. Entry is here with the apps with the trending segment of the show. So Entry, how are you doing? I'm good, Philip. Good week? Very good one. Nice one. I like yeah. that. I like that. Very good one. Anyway, so tell us what are the stories that caught your attention this past week? So Talking about ecosystems and all of those, yeah. there's another ecosystem which is buzzing, okay. and that's Nigeria's bike bike healing system services. Interesting. Yeah. So currently there are three main brands in the bike in the in the bike healing service. Bike healing, bike healing service. service. And that's Max Dot Engine, O Ride, and then Go Kada. Interesting. And so Go Kada, Go just entered the market. Okay with with uh, fi a 50 million investment mm. which is huge from mm. china and mm. this is like the first of its kind mm. in nigeria mm. so that's that no especially no, for a business like yeah. psych bike hailing yeah it's, it's one of its kind and then it's actually getting on the nerves of, of the other brands <laughs> I must say. so somewhere last week gokada just had to shut down for wow. two weeks 
because of this. And right. the one who asks, why, why, why will we shut down? Exactly. Why will we shut down? So, looking at the background stories, what people are seeing here and there, what mm. the Nigerian tech blocks are actually reporting is, uh, O-Ride has pushed almost majority of the top top management staff at Gokada and then brought them on board. So most of them include uh, their co-founder, which, which was also the COO. Wait, 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 wait. What? Wow. Yeah, so they put their co-founder, which was the CEO, oh put their head of drive support and experience, put their senior operations manager. Senior they, operations manager. They might man. have all just well, rebranded. Yeah. They should have just brought the whole company. Put their head of marketing at Google. What? And then a, a lot, a lot more drive, uh, riders. Right. Pi- they call them pilots. Right. Gokada calls them pilots. A lot more pilots have also moved in. And and it's, a, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. And uh, to 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 talk about that Gokada, I know you 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 don't want to you don't want to call cause a stir, mm. make your make your your customers feel a little bit. So their CEO wrote a blog post, and then he's citing that they are they are actually improving their service, and for that reason, they have to quit temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> you need to, you need to put out a reason. There has to be some kind of reason. Yes. Wow. So in in that state, they are promising new bikes. Mm. They are promising new higher safety measures. They are <laughs> promising a new Bluetooth headset. It's actually going to help them as brand. as much as you can. It's and going it's to help. Kind of kind of kind of um, goes back to what Ashu was talking about. Mm. When something fails, and you keep pumping more Charlie, money into just, it just to try to you know make amends. It's it's interesting. And for me, what excites me about this is the fact that it's it's, it's not like a different. It's a, it's a complete different market segment bikes yeah. because it's not such a big deal mm. we, we haven't really found the tech side of bikes for example in ghana and yeah. for 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 companies to be able to be bringing in 15 million us dollars for the setup of a tech company for hailing bikes yeah, yeah. For one, me, one, I, I i i find that very very interesting. one other thing is oh oh bikes is actually owned by oprah oh. which runs oprah mini and then it's like they want to actually browser yeah they want to actually take over they, they want to actually take over the the, the ecosystem in nigeria so mm. day in and day out they are bringing a new or something because it's a very fair time it's, yeah. it's, it's nobody really is doing it so whoever gets the first move basically has to capture so the entire for, market for that kind of thing for the Ghanaian market mm. the issue is you know bikes these commercial bikes are illegal in mm. ghana mm. so if we can get our lawmakers to say okay Let's regulate it. Allow them to work. Then the tech but, people can get in. But and then comes back to that same issue about mm-hmm. the database. Because with Nigeria, you have a better database of people's yeah. addresses, people okay, yeah. within, you know. But if someone takes a bike, you know, unless, mm-hmm. you know, they are, you are able to verify from a central database about who they exactly they are, they can obviously give you some wrong information but, and they can get away with Philip, it. Philip, we already have the concept with car hailing. Right. So why don't we Use build a similar thing. system for mm. the bikes? Mm. It can work. But I mean, it, it, it could work. It could work. But we already see the struggles of all these ride-hailing, you know, companies in Ghana as it is. We still have new ones we coming, still have new ones coming in virtually every day. And I'm just wondering, people are still complaining about the service that they are getting, the quality of the service, yeah. you know, the, the quality of the vehicles. Now we are going to discuss bikes 
if the cars themselves are not the uh, very best I, I think we should give it a try at but, least but, like at least let's try and see how it will because think about this the worst you can get for a bike <laughs> is it the it developing a fault on the way to wherever you have to go <laughs> the driver being in discipline <laughs> Which is which could be better than the driver the whose car smells bad. Mm-hmm. He's talking about things you're not interested by. He can't say anything. Like so, in my head, mm-hmm. this could work even much better than the car hailing. Well, it's a debate that is open um, for you at home. So please let us know what you think. Um, Jeffrey and Mr. Entry do feel that yeah. bike hailing will be a big sell in Ghana. Regardless, we'll I have my big doubts about it. Considering traffic, you know, it could work. It could work, but hey, it's 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 still open for discussion. So um, let's know what your thoughts are about it. It's it's your thoughts are welcome. Zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six. That is basically you know the the topic we're we're discussing a few seconds ago. You can also send us a message on Twitter using the hashtag um, City Trends, and we'll get to it. Any any other issues that caught yes, your so, attention uh, this week? Two more things. Mm. So YouTube has has a service it normally produce original content. It's called YouTube Original. Yes. And then there's a good news. There's good news for so most 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 regions like Africa, you can subscribe to YouTube Premium, mm. and then their original content. Actually, letting it go for free from September 24th. Yes. Wow. So most Free of the original, series. the original series on YouTube yes. that you can, you have to Finally. pay before you watch. Now it's going for free. Wow. For everyone. And, and this starts when? It starts on the September 24th. September 24th yeah. this year. That's, that's some. That's some good news. Yeah, that is good news. Yeah. YouTube originals. Yeah. If if you can't afford Netflix, this. Tell this is so. You can binge yeah. on on, on so this. You know what you they do? Once in a while, they will let you watch. An episode, maybe the first episode, and they'll tell you go to YouTube Originals, go pay for it. Right. But Charlie, but some of the series are so good. I watched the first episode, and I'm like, God, why? You really wish you could get access to, you know, the 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 better account for you to watch the whole series. And now it's going to be available next month, twenty first. He said, brilliant. So yes, those of you at home who enjoy YouTube Originals, this is good news for you. Hopefully, you can get access to YouTube Originals starting next month. Good news all round it's is is, are those all the stories that caught your attention for this week um so mobex the innovation awards yes the finalist the list of finalists is out oh good and city trends is there somewhere so please people we made it yes visit mobexafrica.org and please vote please vote for us (laughs) vote for city trends it's interesting. Um, I mean, when when you go to um, um, our website, you mm. will find um, the story that's yeah, there yeah. Um, with you know all the yes. other we categories. are in the tech media program of the year category. Uh, go there, vote for us. Let's win let's, this one let's together, see, people. Yeah, let's, let's let's see how how it works. Yeah. And you, I mean, you can go through all the other categories as well. There are mm. a number of categories um, that you go you can vote in. Um, you know, it's Mobex. Mobex basically year. is is everything. So go check it out and um, yeah, cast your votes. Let's see how it goes. Quite a number of them. So quick story. Yes, Jeffrey. Um, in the last few weeks, you've noticed that there's been a lot of stories about. Racist abuse on social media exactly. when it comes to football players. Yesterday yes. with Paul Pogba as well. Yes. So um, there's this story that's saying that Twitter is set to announce its um, plans mm. to tackle this issue. Mm. 
in the coming days mm. so it's going to uh present its blueprint for its blueprint for this action to kick it out next week and then outline how things will go for the company and what it plans to do to make sure that people who racially abuse sports personalities mm. are whatever sanctions will be given to them we will know next week when they present it to kick it out yeah that's good that's good i mean it's good the fact that they are even making an attempt Mm -hmm. to clamp down on it for me is good enough because there are times when we've had some of these things happening the general refrain is that well it's people sharing their own thing and it's very difficult for us to clamp down so it's 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 pretty good but my issue here is why is it restricted to just sports personalities because we've had cases where not just people in sports Mm. but uh generally twitter because of how free it is people are very abusive right people say all sorts of things and then think they can get away with it and so why don't they hopefully they have plans to expand this to cover everything in the near future or well, I think I think it's a good start. I think you are starting with sports. the sports world, yeah. And I mean, expand it too. And I think I think also, it's if you want to capture people's imagination, you will go for quote unquote the lowest hanging fruit. In this case, mm. sports personalities because they are the ones that everybody seems yeah. to be talking about. And hopefully, from there, you can have it trickle down to virtually everybody else. So I think it's a good way to start the. At least we are starting a conversation. At yeah. least we are, we're trying to find a solution to clamping down on hate speech and um, yeah. discriminatory acts and and things like that and racism and all of that. I think I think it's a good way to begin, mm. and then everything else will follow after. I th- I, I think I think it's great. Um, Spencer from China says, bikes are the way to go. It should be piloted in the affluent areas because a lot goes into it. It's possible in Ghana too. Um, E-bike, e-bike. e-bike is a story market in China. A chunk of Alibaba's money is from bikes. That's coming from See? Spencer all the way in China. Spencer, thank you so much for sending that through. And um, yeah, your messages are always welcome on our WhatsApp number 0549-986-996. So yeah, it looks like I might lose that debate there. But hey, <laughs> whichever <laughs> one it is. Um, I, think, I think it's only fair we get yeah, into to, to, our to final one other thing, uh, There's been a growing trend of... Uh, African countries trying to cash out on the digital economy. Mm. So uh, there's a new member to that, those school of African countries, and that's Uganda. Right. So Uganda's Communication Commission has planned to, I mean, you have to get a license before you can operate an online media platform. Wow. And then it's not just a brand <laughs> for influencers, micro influencers, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So I have to, it costs $20 per, per brand. To register. To register. And it's kind of like a monthly something. A, a, a yearly something. I mean. No way. So, like, I mean, it's not my fault mm-hmm. that someone wants me to be tweeting or yeah. Facebooking their products. It's really yeah. not my fault. It's not my fault that... Because I, I, I did all the hard work of getting people to follow me by creating original content. Yeah. Now, why should I have to... And that's been my challenge with this particular... Um, um, story like why should I have to register to be able to do that why should I have to register to be able to post on my Facebook page so I take five years to build my online brand my online um, presence 
then when I get to the point where I've done all this, I have to register before I can. I mean, truth is, in my mind, for most people who are brand influencers, they really didn't set out to be brand influencers. Yes. I mean, they are just producing content and pushing and content. Then like and then people like them. And then people like them. If they can make a sale out of that, that's fine. But they are just basically building content. Why should anybody be made to pay to, to, to do that? It's, it's almost like before I post anything yeah, on, on Facebook, I have to register. Yeah. Then everybody yeah, must yeah, do yeah, it because anybody can needs, become an influencer. So anybody can become influencer. That means that there is a really. trend where um, certain small businesses started trending because a few of their friends were posting about it. Right. Before these friends can do this, they have to pay to... That's... That, uh, I don't know. I don't okay. understand. I mean, considering the price and orders for other regions mm-hmm. in Tanzania, it's actually nine hundred dollars per <laughs> license. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, we like the twenty. Actually, nine hundred dollars. Social media influencers in Ghana. I hope. I yeah, hope you yeah, you yeah, you, you see how lucky you are. Charlie. I hope you realize how lucky you are. I mean. Uh, I mean, I can understand they can find a way to calm down on the people who are probably posting, but I really don't see the sense in it. Truthfully, Wait, I really don't understand. Okay, so I question really is, how are they going to do it? I mean, you just, if somebody, for example, posts about um, what, um, some product. So my name is Jeffrey. Yeah. I set my Twitter handle at Kweku Sapon. Yes. How will you know it's me? Well, if they I can, put off my location, well, they will. I use VPN. All, all I know is they will find a way to find you, but at least they can go to the company yeah, that you're posting about. The agencies, the agencies are there, they can they can cut off your oh, funding from that side you, as well. Okay, you get so that means my I'll so just far, tell you, so if you far, come to me, I'll tell paid. you instead of a 20, give me 40. So I pay 20 to them, I keep 20 for future. If you'll agree to know. that, then I don't, give know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Listeners, and your, your thoughts are welcome on this particular one. 0549 Should social media influencers be paying quote unquote tax on, on their influencer work? That's a very interesting concept and topic. Uh, we, we probably should have a debate on that sometime. It's a very interesting debate topic. You know, should social media influencers be paying tax? Very, very interesting debate topic. We should, we, should, we should have that one of these days. Anyway, that will be all for the trending segment. We're jumping straight into the, trend, the app segment for today. Okay, getting into the um, the app segment of the show with Jeffrey Rekusapo. So, Jeffrey, what apps or what app do you have for us this week? Okay, so today we are going into the agri sector, which nice. is something we don't always get into. Nice, that's good. This app is called My Agro 360. My Agro 360. For basically for farm management. Okay. So, let's listen to all that the app is about. Nice. Hello, I am Brigitte Anate. And I work with Henson Geodata Technologies as an administrator. I will be talking about one of our products called My Agro 360, which is spelled capital M, small y, capital A, small g, small r, small o, 
360 and it's one word. So my Agro360 is an integrated farm management tool which helps the farmer from land preparation through to marketing of his or her farm produce. The app assists the farmer through the various stages of farming with functions such as mapping, scanning, scouting, pest and disease management, keeping of farm records, knowledge base, weather forecast, and it also comes with an online market where the farm produce can be sold and traced. My Agro 360 is an app that is available on Android and the web. Thank you. So that is our app for the week. Yes. My Agro 360. MY space AGRO space 360 360 That's in it. figures. That's it. That's yes. it. That's it. Wow. From very interesting. Yeah. The spelling though, but yeah. We'll, we'll speak about <laughs> that one later as well. But I mean it's 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 it, for me it's nice that we have a lot more technology entrepreneurs yeah. entering that space mm. as well the agri space and we've had quite a number of them coming through to the studio mm -hmm. and it's nice to see other people trying to think through the agricultural problem of ghana yeah. and trying to solve it very very exciting stuff well that is all we have time for on the show today um a big thank you to um ashwin for joining us on on the show thank you so much for such um an incredible conversation operational costs defining minimal success not knowing your market enough intent to outcome or being too exploratory um show your solution those were the main pointers that we took from that conversation those are the things that you should be looking out for if you want to build a sustainable technology business that will be all for today's show thank you so much to jeffrey and to mr entry as well for joining me on the show and Till next week, stay, stay techy!